right, Royce right, Freeman's going to go against a stack box in Seattle or playing Seattle. Marshawn isn't going to get a whole lot of chance to run the ball as he's getting whomped on by the Rams defense. And then Carlos Hyde is in the flex. And that Carlos Hyde, I'm worried about for sure. You're worried um, about him. I think so, just because there's so many options there with Nick Chubb. And then, you know, Duke Johnson is still there. So his passing down work is going to be limited, you know, especially True. this week against Pittsburgh. I just, I, I'd like to see him do it once, you know. True. Um, with Royce Freeman, though, I think he could surprise you too because Seattle, you think they're going to stack the box, but I don't really know if they have the ability to. I mean, Case Keenum is confident, and they don't have Richard Sherman. Uh, they lost, mm-hmm. you know, uh, what, Bennett. They lost, you know, a lot of pieces. They're not the Legion of Boom anymore. You know what I mean? So right. I think if Freeman can, you know, if Case Keenum can put together a competent game, then Freeman will have a lot of room to run. I think he might surprise you. But overall, I mean, I think it's clear that James has the advantages. Yeah, you know? I think I would pick James just off of proven talent and – just the ability for guys like David Johnson or even Diggs to have 20-plus games. Right, definitely. I agree with that. All right, um, I think we can move on to the next matchup, which I have is uh, Jake and George. Yep. Uh, well, Jake, I mean, the first thing you got to say is Le'Veon. What the hell is going to happen there? I think I mean, it's uh, actually all Jake's fault for this whole debacle because he's the one who auto-drafted and <laughs> – his whole situation is now dependent on Jake's laziness. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we can just pencil that in as being Jake's fault. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, he's very clearly lacking at running back. You know, he's got James White in there as his highest projection after our trade. Um, CJ Anderson, I'm not too uh, confident in, and the projections kind of show that. But he could always surprise you with some goal line work. Um, I mean, but you always have – the chance that with Aaron Rodgers and Julio, you know, you're going to blow up. True. Um, in the notes, Julio is a really deceiving guy, and I've had him before, and he can really make you feel like shit because he always ends the year as, like, a top 10 receiver, but he feels like he's always losing you weeks. And um, so the same guy who I got the previous stat from, Mike Taglier, has a really useful uh, article on the Fantasy Pro site called Booms, Busts, and Everything in Between mm-hmm. where he charts out a player's actual week-to-week performances in terms of finishing, you know, top 12, top 24, top 36. And so Julio last year only finished as a wide receiver one 18.8% of the time. So sure. four out of five games – or four out of five games he was finishing outside the top 12 and he was only a wide receiver two or better 43 percent of the time so compare that to a guy like Odell Beckham who has a wide receiver one percentage of 50 percent you know it, it's mm-hmm. definitely low but the thing with Julio is when he hits he hits extremely hard and wins you a week you know so it's not a bad pick and he always could have some positive touchdown regression but he's just a hard guy to rely on right and I think he's definitely gonna be a lot more comfortable being the second year of the new out under the new offensive coordinator, Matt Ryan's destined to play a little bit better with uh, Infinity Dollars contract they just got. And they, had Cal- they added Calvin Ridley. So even though they right. don't have a tight end, they have three pretty solid receiving options. Yeah, I Julio. think Ridley, Ridley will definitely take a lot of pressure off. It'll be interesting to see tonight for sure how much he how much run he gets in the first week, you know. Right. Uh, uh, what do you think about Cam? You know, people had a lot of mixed opinions this year. You know, Brad Evans from Yahoo has him projected as his number one receiver this year. Or, I mean, a number one quarterback, sorry. Um, what's your opinion on Cam? I mean, definitely not number one. Uh, but I think he has – he's in that top five range. I would put him above Russell Wilson, but still below guys like Aaron and Tom. But, um, yeah. 
the team really runs through him, even though McCaffrey's in line for a lot of targets. He's not a guy who you can just, you know, like a Fournette or a Zeke, you can just hand the ball off to. Yeah. He doesn't have really he would, supreme he have, receiver. Doesn't have supreme receiver talent. He's still going to run yeah. the ball, but not as much. So he should be healthier this season, hopefully. Um, but he'll get his yards on the ground for sure. Yeah, Cam is definitely a guy where you have to predict his matchups, and if you do that right, you can get some really big weeks. But so you you have Cam over, or uh, you have Brady over Cam. You said Brady and Rodgers. Yeah, I agree with Rodgers. Obviously, Brady, I'm not so sure about because Brady, I, and I don't have the stat up right now, but per the same article I just referenced, like he only finished as a quarterback one, I believe, in the forty percent area. You know, and mm-hmm. I mean that, that's still solid, and he gives you some really solid weeks. But you know it. He'll fit and he'll finish the year up in that area, but in terms of like a useful fantasy quarterback, I mean, if you do a decent amount of research and you stream your quarterbacks at the end of the year, you can likely put together close to a top 12 average performance, you know, which is, you know, you know, do you rely on yourself enough to be able to put together a top 12, you know, pick at least 50% of the time? Because if so, then it's not worth the Brady pick, you know, so that's how I, you know, work with him, but uh. Yeah, so I mean, looking at the matchup, obviously, you know, there's nothing you can say. George has the clear, you know, is the clear favorite here. He's got a really strong, you know, flex and running back core. I mean, Sterling Shepard is third, is not ideal, but it's not horrible. You know, you could be a lot worse. Um, I actually don't. I actually don't love Kenyon Drake in his flex. I think that's going to be a little bit less. He's going to dominate that backfield a little bit less than people think. Yeah. Um. But I mean, yeah, I'm definitely a little skeptical of the whole 20 carries and six to eight, you know, targets a game because the Dolphins ran like I think it was like 61 on average offensive plays per game last year. So are you giving Drake the ball in half of your plays? You know, mm-hmm. so I mean, that, that's a definitely an unrealistic expectation. But I still think he can be valuable. And he he shows he can break off a 75 yard run. You know, yeah. I, ultimately, I don't think George has much to worry about. Uh, Keenan Allen has a pretty nice matchup against a depleted Kansas City defense. Yeah, their defense is not looking hot. And I think Jimmy Graham will give you a touchdown on his first week just to just to show that you can do it. Yeah. All right, if you're good, oh, we can move on to the next one. I just want to emphasize again how unfortunate it is that Jake decided to incur this bell holdout on everyone because he, he picked a, a date. Was that was that what it is? He went on a date. I guess. I, I, I have no idea. He says a lot of things, out, but... I hope she turned out to be a dude. But anyway. <laughs> um, all right, the next match was uh, Pop versus your dad, mm-hmm. Mr. Manuel. <laughs> As I wrote in the notes, uh, it's a free win for Hop. And, and not necessarily, because right now your dad is actually projected higher. Um, I'm a little skeptical of the Randall Cobb being projected 13 points. I really think Geronimo Allison is going to take And same with Gio Bernard. <laughs> He can definitely rip off some, you know, receiving yards. But uh, was, I mean, Hop lost McKinnon, which is obviously a huge blow. But he's still got Gurley, and Burkhead is not a horrible backup. You know, it, this is one of the, surprisingly, as I look at it now, compared to a couple of days ago when your dad had Alshon Jeffrey and uh, what Julian Edelman starting. <laughs> yeah. You know, it looks a little bit different. But, uh well, yeah, I mean, I think that might be one of the better matchups of the week, honestly. Even though I'm a little bit biased as both a Packer fan and a fan of my dad, I think that Cobb is actually pretty underrated. He was a solid flex play last year, and the past three years he's had Aaron Rodgers for a full season. He finished as six overall, 19th overall, and 31st overall in terms of receivers. 
And Aaron's been quoted as saying that the Packers as a whole are better with Cobb in the lineup. And without Jordy there to steal a lot of targets, kind of a developing relationship with Jimmy Graham, Devontae sure to see a lot of, you know, double teams and press coverage. I think Cobb is in a pretty nice spot, either in the, and they can move him around the field a lot. I think Cobb's, yeah. in, Cobb's in a good spot. I, I think he, he, you know, will definitely have some usable weeks. But, you know, the problem is, you know, when you say those three healthy seasons with Rodgers, that sixth finish was, I think, what, four or five years ago. And then the mm-hmm. other two are usable. But, you know, he's getting older. And he did have an injury in the preseason that he had to get a minor surgery on. And, you know, injuries like that are, you know, easy to recover from. But when you get them in the preseason, it almost always has an effect on your following season. True. And, you know, I think Geronimo Allison is a really underrated talent. You know, when Rogers was having his press conference and talking about how mad he was about the rookies, you know, he said, look at, you know, 17, 18, 81, you know, he's really making a point, you know, and really has mentioned Allison a couple times. And they've said that, you know, on three wide sets, Allison will be the uh, outside receiver and Cobb's in the slot, you know. So I really think that I, I don't think either one's going to have like a phenomenal season, but I think they'll kind of dig into each other's talent a little bit uh, yeah. or dig into each other's production a little bit, you know. Um, but I mean, it's, it's Aaron Rodgers' offense. You can do anything, you know, in any one game, he could blow up. True. And if, so. if Cobb is the second wide receiver on the offense, it's pretty much a lock that Cobb finishes at least a high WR3, you know? Yeah. I mean, he's, he'll definitely be in top 30. Um, I think, I mean, Hop, you know, I think another I, part of, uh, intriguing part of this is Hop has a lot of boomer bust receivers in terms of, you I was know, just about to say that. Right. Yeah. And it's interesting, he's actually benched uh, Josh Gordon for now. Um, you know, I, they said he's going to be on a pitch count. Gordon says he's healthy. You know, he, he's one of those guys who doesn't need to be in every snap to, you know, have a, a better game than Boal Powell. You know? <laughs> but, uh, you know, I understand him being skeptical of it, and it's the Browns. Yeah, his receivers definitely have, like, a lot of, you know, touch. They need, you know, a, a big play, you know. Mm-hmm. Alan Robinson hasn't proved it yet. But – you know, ultimately, I think it's pretty even. You know, where you're, where he's weak at Charles Clay, your dad is strong. You know, and where your dad's kind of weak at receiver, Hop is strong. So, you know, I think it's really kind of a, a, a even heat right here. As much as Hop will be, you know, he'll complain about us saying that Manny might beat him. <laughs> I think it's a pretty significant chance. I think outside of Gurley, obviously, he's probably a lock for 26 or between 26 and 40, honestly, this week against yeah. the Raiders. Yeah. Uh, Russell Wilson's got a tough matchup. Hogan doesn't have an ideal matchup against Houston. Yeah. And then, like you said, Bilal Powell is still Bilal Powell. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, let me just see if my notes find anything else. Nope. We can move on. I have uh, your matchup with Joe next on my mm-hmm. list. I'll let you start. How are you about that? Uh, obviously a little bit biased, but pretty yeah. fantastic, honestly. Uh, yeah. Found some money with James Conner. Got yeah, him in the definitely. flex position, so not really too worried about my running back position. I think Jamal Williams is going to have at least two good weeks before Aaron Jones comes back. Ertz has a great matchup tonight uh, with Jeffrey out against Atlanta. Hopkins is going to do Hopkins things against a shitty New England defense. Yeah. I really just have to worry about AB on Joe's side. 
Yeah, I mean, AB is always going to have, you know, solid games. And I actually heard a stat today that um, AB has actually played exactly 16 games without Le'Veon in the lineup, so it gives you a per- perfect season reference snapshot. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had over 140 receptions for over 2,000 yards and I believe 10 touchdowns. Yeah. So, I mean, if anything, he's going to go off even more now that Le'Veon might be, is most likely going to be out. You know, 100%. the difference here is you, like, you know, are pretty solid at every one of your starting positions. You know, maybe Keelan Cole, you could say, is pretty. You basically, you have Keelan Cole, he has DJ Moore. It's kind of two fairly even talents. You know, at least Keelan Cole has proved it. But, you know, you really kind of have a dead heat at your receiver position. He's starting Peterson, which I don't like, but, I mean, he'll give you a solid floor. Um, you, got the edge at, you got the edge at tight end, and if Connor gets the start, you definitely have the edge at flex. So, and with Jacksonville and Zerline to start off, I mean, you, you definitely have the advantage. But you can do anything with Antonio Brown and Tyreek Hill and Kamara, you know. So right. Oh, I, okay, yeah. So I'm looking now. Yeah, yeah Ty, so Tyreek Hill is really the the X factor there because he could have eight, he could have twenty seven. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and, you know, again, that article I was looking at with uh, – I was referencing Julio's percentages. DeAndre Hopkins showed how ridiculously good he was last year. Finished as a wide receiver two or better 93.3% of the time. So, mm-hmm. literally, 15 out of 16 games, he was at least in the top 24, which is insane. It's, he's the most dependable receiver out there. You know, Antonio Brown didn't even have that high percentages, you know. Everybody likes to say A.B. is the most set-and-forget-it guy, but last year it was Hopkins, you know. So, I mean, you're really solid there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, as the you know projections show, I mean, there's definitely a slight advantage to you, but really anybody could come out on top there. You know, I wouldn't be worried if I were you, but I wouldn't relax either. Yeah, I mean, it's going to come down to things like I think Amendola probably isn't going to be super successful against Tennessee, but again, I think that Tannehill's back. I haven't seen him in a long time, so really anything could happen with him. Yeah, Amendola is definitely underrated in a full PPR. He could definitely get you a solid floor there. You know, if James Conner doesn't hit a touchdown and just gets some solid yardage and a couple of receptions, it could really be a wash right there. You know, but as opposed to you know who else you could play in your flex, Conner is definitely a solid addition to your team. I forgot you got Barkley, so I'm looking at that now, and that's interesting. I, I mean, I think Barkley, if he stays healthy, is guaranteed at least 300 touches. You know, and you saw what he can do within the preseason. So maybe Jacksonville kind of stifles him a bit. I mean, but Kamara, Kamara being projected at 24 is a little high just because he's so volatile with his scoring, you know. I think the the Saints the, could honestly just roll over the Bucks and then just rest Kamara and Michael Thomas. Like they got they picked up Gillisley for a reason because they, right, they don't they want to dropped. shoulder Kamara too early too often. Right, and they cut Boston Scott, so that means they're clearly just going to give Gillisley like you know, all the backup touches, put him in a different role. You know, Kamara, the most carries he had last year in a single game was twelve. Mm-hmm. You know, gets it all from the receiving game, which you know you can rely on. But his efficiency last year was so insane that they're not going to they're not going to use him to drain the clock, though. They're not going to give him no, those kind of touches. Not. Yeah, and I think they're going to get a, a solid lead in the game. Right, but I mean, obviously, I'm biased, but I would pick myself here. Yeah, I mean, I, I would too. But again, he, I mean, he, with Kamara, Tyreek, and Antonio Brown, and all three of those guys could put up a thirty-five point game in any week. So you know, you just never know with that. It's it's a it's a scary team to go against. You know, I think he might have been the one I said you'll never be like scared of the matchup, but you'll never feel good about it. You know, I think I just feel best about making Joe play against his man Saquon on the Giants. <laughs> yeah, definitely. 
All right, uh, let's go to Wildy Noob and Mr. Derrick Henry. Uh, well, I mean, the Derrick we already... Henry team. <laughs> <laughs> Jay, we already explained and you know, expressed how we feel about Derrick Henry. I mean, and he knows it was overpriced. I think he got caught up a little bit and just really wanted his guy. But uh, you know, I did a mock draft with him and Hop, and he grabbed Henry in that too. So I mean, if that's your guy, you got to get your guy. But uh, thanks to George for bidding him up. Um, but I mean regardless of that I mean like I said he still has potential and you know all of his guys are pretty pretty safe guys I mean Brandon Cooks is definitely a boomer bust guy but with Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis you know you know they're going to win the game against Miami likely and so I mean you're, you're getting yourself a safe floor but unless Henry breaks off you know another run while killing out the clock I don't think you're going to get a ton of production out of there Eifert has made a glass, but while you have him, he could score two touchdowns in any game, you know. I think this is one of the few times this crazy Deion Lewis, Derrick Henry experiment might actually work. Miami's defense is pretty shoddy. Right. They're going to be looking to move the ball on the ground because, you know, Rashad Matthews coming off an injury. Corey Davis not exactly standing out just yet. Delaney Walker's a little bit hurt still, so they're not going to – and also Mariota coming off of his worst year by far. So, going to move the ball on the ground for sure. Eifert's got That's a nice true. matchup, but it's going to be tough for him to stay on the field. I'm really surprised uh, with him putting Alex Collins on the bench, though, because I think he has a great matchup with Buffalo this week. You know, they've definitely lost a lot of pieces, and they're, I mean, they're, the Ravens are most likely going to, you know, get up at some point and have to run the clock out. And, I mean, Alex Collins scored at the end of last year. He can receive the ball, too. So, I mean, unless you're really scared of Buck Allen, you know, I think he's a lock for a lot of touches this week. You know, let him let him trust his Tennessee guys. Let him yeah. <laughs> let him die on this hill. Well, not not even necessarily over one of the two Tennessee guys. You know, as opposed to the flex too. I mean, Golden. Oh, State, I mean that's know, a that's, that's a nice matchup against the Jets. That's an easy matchup, but it's just you know whether or not you uh, worry about Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay. You know, because Tate again was one of those guys last year who he finishes with a solid stat line, but you know it seems like every other week or every two weeks he puts up you know six points or eight points. You know, and again, I've said to anybody, you know, that I play, you know, a lot of my picks are for safety, you know, where I think Golden Tate is a pretty safe wide receiver. But I think Alex Collins is a really safe running back this week. And if I had to pick between a receiver and a running back, I'm going to go with the running back, you know. Right. I mean, I guess you're counting on a lot of targets for Tate because, you know, that Collins isn't going to get those catches out of backfield. Collins might get one or two. I mean, there was a game, I believe, uh, right near the end of the last season where he got something like eight targets. You know, I mean, so they're not unwilling to do it if he's, you know, if he can catch. And he should. I mean, so it's not out of the realm of possibilities. And, again, that's just how I see it, you know, but I can obviously see you wanting to pick Tate and hoping that Stafford just grows all over the Jets. I think uh, David's really just got to rely on McCaffrey having a huge – McCaffrey and Zeke having huge games. I think Dalvin Cook is going to get the kind of – the coaches are already, like, kind of dicey about how many touches he's going to get. Latavius Murray has been getting touches all preseason. I don't think that you can trust Cook for his projection, honestly. Yeah, I think he's going to be, like, a usable RB2. You know, 16.4 is a little bit high. San Francisco's mm-hmm. run D is awful. But, you know, like you said, Latavius Murray's going to get a lot of touches. You know, I was just listening to an interview with uh, Kyle Rudolph, and he was asked, like, who, you know, does he think is going to really surprise people? This He said, you know, Latavius is going to really shock people with how much work he gets and what he does with it, you know. So right. I definitely have some reservations about Cook. And coming off an ACL, you can't. Right. You know. And then you got Baldwin in a tough, in a tough matchup at Denver, also right. always injured. At knee soreness and shit, yeah. Um, 
I mean, yeah, I mean, David knows that his receiver core is weak. I definitely expected him to make more moves. You know, um, I, I'm surprised he's not starting Chris Godwin over, I guess, I mean, probably over Moncrief, I would personally, but uh, David knows yeah. the David, David, David knows the yeah. outlandish moves he tried to make. Right. Uh, I mean, he, he's well aware. Um, I actually think, you know, Jay has a lot of pretty deep options on his bench. You know, if Le'Veon is out and, uh, you know, James Conner is in, and, you know, whenever Le'Veon's been out, they've always used their backup like a horse. But if for some reason they were to change that up, you know, Jalen Samuels is like a good receiving back and he is tight end eligible because he's a converted tight end right now. So if he were to get, you know, running back level targets and you play him in the tight end slot, you know, that could definitely win you some weeks. So it's not a bad guy to sit on. No, definitely. Uh, it's definitely a deep sleeper, but it's a solid pick. It's uh, yeah. I think it's just an interesting title for one to have on your just for any player, but definitely a nice backup to someone like Eifert who might go down within the first couple seconds of the game. Right, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, David has you know the projection edge just because his running backs are projected so high. I mean, I think I think Jay will put up a solid one forty this week. It's just whether or not David's running backs can cover his receivers who might just shit the bet. Well, who are you going to pick, though? Who's my pick to win? Yeah, and this rivalry of rivalries. <sighs> Let me look here at these matchups. <laughs> I think I think I got to go with David. I think those guys mm. can cover. And then, you know, Baldwin might put up 12 if Matthews can get some yards and Moncrief can catch a short touchdown, which is all he's good for. I think Brady and Houston might have a shootout, so he could be a 30-point guy as opposed to, you know, Goff. They might end up just running Gurley into the ground against Oakland, you know. True. If I had to put money on it, I think I'd project David to cover, but I wouldn't feel very good about it. See, I would go the opposite way. With a little more confidence, I think Cooks has a really nice matchup against Oakland. Any part of that offense you want this week, uh, including Goff, I think, you know, he might not throw into the third quarter, but he'll throw two touchdowns for sure. 250 yards. Adams has a nice matchup against Chicago. Even though their defense is improved, he's going to get the target share at least early on the year. Uh, Jarvis is not going to have a great year, but I think as long as Tyrod's starting, he's going to get a lot of kind of safety blanket underneath stuff, especially while Josh Gordon's on pitch count and Callaway has kind of been in and out of the lineup. Um, And like I said, I think the Tennessee thing will work this week, but... I don't know about everywhere else, but I would pick Jay. Yeah, that's true. I think if he had Alex Collins in one of his running back slots, then I would feel a lot better about, you know, his this week. So, and and that one move, I don't think is going to make or break him. And like you said, they both have solid projections. So I could could definitely see, I I think you've kind of convinced me that Jay would probably be the better one to put your money on just in a straight up win or loss scenario. It's tough, though. I mean, when you just have those that much lethal talent on your crew like David does. But I think you're right. Yeah. We'll see what David has to say about that. <laughs> I mean, he's got David make, has. He's got to make a trade. You got to get rid of one of your guys. Right. Yeah. He's definitely got to get a little bit more receiver talent on there. You know, I. He should. I, if I were him, I would try to shop Dalvin Cook before he disappoints. You know. Yeah. Well, he tried. Behind closed doors negotiations. <laughs> uh, you don't want to shed any light on that uh, player to player confidentiality alright 
Well, we can move on to the uh, last matchup. Actually, let me. All right. So finally, we'll go on to my matchup here. I'll let you kick it off and let me know what you think of my team. I honestly think this might be the closest matchup out of all of them. Really? Second to only my dad and Hop because it's kind of a battle of utility there. Uh, But you guys have a lot in a weird way. AJ Green and Mike Evans are both the best option on like so-so offenses. I think AJ Green's obviously a lot better, but... Well, the matchup there is a big difference. Right, because... The Bengals, AJ could just get one touchdown, 60 yards, and then just come out the field. But Evans is going to be just battling uphill the whole time against New Orleans. Um, and you both got kind of premier running backs and kind of so-so secondary people and then running backs in the flex. Um, I think you have the advantage just based off of the volume for both for all your running backs, but – he has higher potential in terms of Melvin Gordon could go off. Joe Mixon could be like the next big thing. Honestly, he's a target for a breakout. Um, and Corey Davis, like you said, didn't really stand out last year, but who knows what could happen this year. Yeah, he has a lot of potential for sure. Yeah. Uh, and Cooper Cup, too, I think is a, another kind of underrated option. I think option. a safe option, actually, with like surprising, you know, touchdown upside for a slot guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, Crowder, I think, is pretty safe. Um, you know, he had a groin injury that nobody ended up talking about, so hopefully he's recovered from that. But I think, you know, he will put up a decent score. Larry, you know, I'm just hoping I'm not a year too uh, late on him, but that's the risk you got to take with a guy like him. With Evans and AJ, I mean, Evans is going to have Marshawn Lattimore on him, I believe, you know, which is a tough matchup to begin with. And, you know, the Indiana secondary is, is garbage, you know. So if, you know, Andy Dalton has a solid week, it's going to be on the back of AJ Green, and I don't doubt that he will. And, you know, I feel the same for Mixon. I think he could have a really solid week as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Devonta, I'm not too excited about tonight against the Philly. You know, defense, they're pretty solid. Right. And Ajayi, you never feel good about playing Ajayi, but, you know, for the value I got him at, I think he's solid. The only reason I have Howard in the flex versus Ajayi is so that if something were to happen to, you know, Jordan Howard or, or Jordan Howard, they're both playing tonight, that I could fill him in with any just a running back spot. Right. I'm surprised. Kurt's playing carry on Johnson first because he's really it's unlikely that he's going to get a really featured role starting out but he always could you know I definitely think guys like Robbie Anderson or Kenny Stills could really have a blow up week this week and he might just be you know feeling out his options but I think I have carry on in other leagues and I think he's a great player this year but I think he's got to take some time to develop you know well uh, it's only Thursday Kurt should maybe able to sober up in time right that's insane Kurt's considering other options, you know. I mean, you don't draft Kenny Stills this year unless you understand that he's got a huge upside, you know. Right. I mean, uh, I think Jordan Howard's obviously your best running back this week by far because he's playing great today. Yeah. But um, and also Trey Burton, I think, is going to weigh up performance projection for sure. Oh, but Trey, Burton, I have Trey Burton in all three of my leagues. I went hard on him. He's going to be good. He's, he was really my good. Guy. He was really good last year competing against another top tight end. Now he's in a revamped offense. It's really just going to depend on how good Trubisky is. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Trubisky shows he wants to use him, you know, and if he's running these short routes, Trubisky doesn't have to be that, you know, accurate. But, uh, yeah, in the, you know, four games he played without Ertz last year, he averaged like 14.5 PPR points, which is great for a tight end, you know, and Nagy says he wants him to be his Travis Kennedy. So, I mean, I definitely think he has to disappoint in the tight end position. 
That's with Wentz, though. This is with Trubisky. Right, that's true. But it just shows that he has, like, the talent, you know, to be that guy, you know. Right. I mean. And, and, and Trubisky already, you know, hit what in one quarter. He hit him for five for or four for 50 in a touchdown, I believe. And yeah. Well, I mean, in a team with sort of limited, you know, Allen Robinson's obviously got a lot of potential, but not yeah. proven at all. And now with the change of scenery, rarely he's going to perform right out of the gate. I think he's got a lot of potential. Um. And the Bears, even with Zach Miller, like they've shown historically to be favoring to their tight end. So I think they're right. going to keep it on the ground a lot. I think Jordan Howard and – And I think they're going to scheme it a lot to him too, you know, just with Nagy. Because, I mean, that's what Kansas City would do well is they scheme to Travis Kelsey and get him open, you know. Right. I think the only question you have is Jordan Howard being your best player, how much will the Bears involve Tariq Cohen, especially if they get down early? Yeah, you know, I think from what I've heard is that a lot of their plans are to have them both on the field at third down a lot so that, you know, they leave their options open. You know, a lot of the writers have said that Jordan Howard's been staying after practice and like 100, you know, balls each day off the jug machine. Um, and, you know, Nagy really thinks that he can – when he said he's going to leave him in on third down. So, I mean, I don't think he's going to be – you know, have Le'Veon level receiving, you know, but, I mean, 40 receptions I think is definitely possible for him. I mean, he had stone hands last year and still I think he had 26 roughly. So, you know, I'm, I'm pretty confident in him. It's just, you know, wh- what the Bears can do this year. I mean, people are calling him this year's, you know, Rams, which is – Whoa, you know, I don't know about that. I afford <laughs> to give before game one, but – you know, I mean, I, I obviously have some faith in them as I have two Bears guys on my starting roster, so we'll see how that works out. Um, who's, know, your Kurt, other, who's your other Bears guy? Jordan Howard, Trey Burton. Oh, right. Uh, for some reason, yeah. I thought Cam. No, he's not there anymore. Not anymore. Yeah, that one's an interesting one. You know, I I know I gave away more value than I needed to there, you know, but my, my thought process with trades like that is – I was like, do I see outside of injury a place where I'm going to start James White? And it was no. You know, I, I don't feel comfortable enough with James White to ever start him personally. So I'd rather trade him for, you know, a backup guy who I think has some real talent and could, you know, be a weak filler. Yeah. I, I mean, mean James White's your the most. hard opinion on that. I mean, I know I definitely lost value there, but that's just I, I couldn't see myself trusting James White enough to start him. So I'd rather get something else for him. I mean, I think James White is the most familiar person off in the New England offense, which is goes a long way with a guy like Brady, especially with his pass catching ability. He's finished with a lot of targets every year, pretty much. He's been that offense, um, especially with guys like Burkett and Michelle to compete with, who are seemingly always banged up. I don't know. I feel like it's a solid person to have on your bench, but I probably would have given you a better receiver than Meredith. Yeah, well, honestly, you didn't hit me up for him. I, you know. I, yeah. I mean, I admit that once I saw, you know, JJ wasn't practicing and then, you know, Jameson Crowder had some injury that I kind of tilted a little bit. And I was just like, all right, I need, you know, some kind of receiver who I think will get snaps. But uh, I'm not worried about it. I, again, especially now that Ajay is healthy, I don't see myself starting him. You know, I could have gotten better value for him. But at the end of the day, it is what it is. You know, and it's so more I think, than I did. Yeah. So I think I'm actually going to have to pick the man, Kurt, over you in this week. Yeah. I like your team a lot, but this week's matchups don't favor you. Really? You think so? I mean, yeah, I guess looking at it, it's, you know. It's tough because I don't see Freeman putting up those kind of numbers at Philly tonight, especially with competition from Coleman. 
Um, definitely. You know that Philly 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 defense hasn't gotten any. Worse, I definitely agree. He's sure. overprojected, and I'm 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 concerned about that. I think I think if he replaced Carry On with a better starter, I'd be I definitely agree with you. You know, if he had Kenny Stills Carry On. I would probably pick him because I think Kenny Stills is a solid sleeper this week. I'm definitely going to have shares of him in DFS. So I don't disagree with you. Also, I think Gordon has a chance to have a 25-30 plus game yeah, against Kansas City. I'm confident in Gordon. I drafted him last night in my Superflex. So. Same with Mixon, honestly. I think Mixon can out. He's projected 16. I think he can definitely do at least that, maybe 18, 19. Uh, he definitely has a high ceiling, you know. People compare him to Le'Veon as a runner. Um, Indianapolis yeah. is not a, a matchup to uh, be afraid of, so I definitely agree with you there. Um, I think you just got to wait for Jordan Howard and hope for the best. Yeah, I think so. All right, you want to run through these trades? I think there's three of them total. Three trades. Well, we kind of just talked about, you know, James White and Cameron Meredith. So we can skip through that. You know, we both said what we feel. Um, so then we had Hearns for Murray. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got Latavius Murray off of waivers. I think I spent like $4 on him because I'm paranoid. Um, and then I realized that I'm not he's not quite starter level unless Cook was to go down. I'm pretty confident in his ability to put up like eight or nine every single matchup, even with Cook there. Right. But yeah. at the end of the day, I was just like, man – Kind of feel like a receiver. I think Hearns has a lot of potential. I think until Cook gets hurt or something changes, I think he's a guy you play every week in a pinch and hope he just gets a touchdown and carries you. You know, um, there's right. a lot of guys. And then I also, I also made the move after I realized that Connor was the next big thing. So I was like, yeah, just get a receiver. Right. Yeah, it's not a bad move. Um, and I think Alan Hearns, you know, I don't think he's going to be like some top level receiver, but at least until Michael Gallup takes over, you know, I really think he can put up some solid top 20 weeks each week. Um, and then Lock. I mean, I have I have some faith in Hearns. I think, you know, he had been an anomaly season a couple of years ago. Last year didn't do too great, but rookie receivers historically don't do that well. And they lost their two best, I mean, two top target people in Witten and Dez. Oh, there's, there's I think, 150-something targets that left since – Right. So I totally agree that the targets are going to be there. It's just how much he does with it. I can totally see him getting, you know, 10 touchdowns. I don't think that that's out of the realm of possibility. I just don't know if I see him as, like, a big yardage guy. Or I think, you know, Gallup seems to be showing that he, you know, is clicking with the team pretty well. And I think I have faith in him to kind of surprise you. At least enough to, you know, take away from Hearn's ability to finish in the top. Right. Well, I think it was good for both teams, though. Right. I have Hearn's in another league. I'm not saying, you know, uh, anything, you know, negative necessarily. Oh, I yeah. I'm yeah. not as faithful or as confident in his upside. But it's definitely a solid right. trade that, you know, address both team needs. Um, and then we got Lockett for Burkhead. Remind me who traded who? Uh, Hop traded Lockett to Jay for Burkhead. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously Hop needed a replacement for McKinnon. Um, you know, again, it's a Patriots running back, so it's hard, really hard to describe. And right now, you know, it's almost Burkhead might not play this week, which could really, you know, hurt Hop. But – I think Burkhead, you know, especially if they line him up out in the slot in the absence of, you know, Julian Edelman, he could really have, you know, some solid weeks. Um, it's just, you know, you're not going to – I wouldn't feel confident in him every week, but, you know, some other people might. It's it's Everybody has their opinion on the Patriots' backfield, you know. So, um, But I don't think it's a bad pickup. And Lockett, 
you know, he definitely has some real solid potential this year, but I don't think, even if he were to blow up, I don't think you'd feel horrible giving him away because it's not like he was one of those sure shot guys, you know. Right, but he has a lot of potential. I think he has higher potential than Burkhead just because you never know with the with the Pats backfield. I think he's like the theoretic type of guy where you like move him around, he's going to get the targets, but you never really know how he's going to produce and his health is always in question. Well, the difference with Burkhead there though is that they do like to use him as a goal line back as well and so maybe they could use Sony well, this year, but just using history from last year, you know, he had multi-touchdowns. Well, now they have Jeremy Hill. So, that's true, but I mean, I guess I would say I don't know how much they'll use him, but the Pats are the type of guy to put a guy in for two carries a game, you know, so. Right. That's true. But the upside you, upside you see with Lockett is being the number two and possibly number one receiver as Doug Baldwin descends into knee problems. Right. You know, he's always had talent. His injury history has a lot of, like, freak injuries, like a couple of broken legs and things like that, so it's not like he has, like, a – a nagging couple things. Yeah. And Russell Wilson under center, a lot of questions at running back, you know, a big deal. seems like a lot of signs are pointing towards him at least getting a lot more opportunity. Yeah, I definitely understand that. I mean, uh, I just think it really addressed needs well. And Hoppe is so stacked a receiver that, you know, I don't, I, I don't, you know, think it was a bad move by any means. Um, but I mean, I definitely see where Burkhead's, you know, uncertainty is. And I don't have any, uh, him in any of my leagues because of that. So, you know, it's really just about, I think these guys just wanted to be more comfortable in their team, and I think that that accomplished that for that trade. Um, yeah, okay. I think so. I mean, we could do some kind of waiver talk if you want, but, I mean, it really seems like there's not a whole lot available right now. You know, I don't – I mean, really I know that I won waivers by getting James Conner for no money, but um, – Right. You know, you can praise me for that if you like, but <laughs> – yeah, I mean, I, I do, you know, I'm surprised that Jay dropped Chris Godwin to the waiver. But, you know, if you don't have faith in the Bucks or you don't have faith in him to be the guy, then I can see it. Um, David made the obvious call with getting, you know, Morris and Breida after McKinnon injury. But um, other than that, I mean, there hasn't really been that many huge pickups here, you know. Um I, I grabbed Brian Grant. I really think he's underrated, you know, especially in his I mean, he's he's literally the number two on the Colts. So if, you know, if Andrew Luck is 80% of what he was last year, he should produce somewhat enough to, you know, be a flex play. True. Yeah, I didn't even know that. That's, that's pretty interesting because I just remember they don't have Moncrief. But they do have two solid tight ends with Doyle and Ebron now. Right. So you have to wonder, you know, how many targets those guys are going to soak up. But uh, just in terms of, you know, options on the waiver wire, it's hard to find a, a number two guy sitting out there that's, you know, has nobody competing for his role. So, you know, I'm pretty happy with that pick. But he's not a guy I can see myself starting in the first few weeks. You know, he, he has to prove it for sure. Yeah. I think uh... – the Tyrell Williams pickup is sort of interesting. Um, he's, I think I read somewhere he's the number, he's definitely top five in yards after the catch for oh, all yeah. receivers. Two years ago, he had a huge seven touchdown thousand yard season last year. He kind of regressed a little bit. Um, but without Hunter Henry, they bring Gates back, I guess. Yeah. Mike Williams is still thorough in that depth chart. Keenan Allen's always a question mark. Yeah. Philip Rivers isn't a question mark. Yeah. I think that's, you know, a solid, 10 points a week. Yeah, I think, you know, somewhere in the 8 to 10 range is pretty reliable for him. I was really excited about Mike Evans – or not Mike, Mike – Mike Williams, sorry, um, mm-hmm. right up until they signed Antonio Gates, you know, because I figured if they're not signing a tight end, 
Mike Williams is six foot five. I mean, he's a huge guy, and they've shown they're going to use him in the red zone. Mm-hmm. And they're still, I'm sure they're still going to do that. You know, he's going to play that Hunter Henry role as like a young, you know, large guy who can catch but also can run. But the problem mm-hmm. is Antonio Gates isn't there just to, you know, sit there and look good. You know, he's there. You know, he's going to catch at least four touchdowns, and most of those are probably going to be targets that would otherwise go to Mike Williams. So I definitely, you know, his value takes a knock with that. But I still think Mike Williams is a guy who could be playable too. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I mean, and Tyrell, the thing about Tyrell is he's going to give you that, hopefully that floor and he's shown he can break off a 75 yard bomb, you know? So right. he's definitely a solid pickup. You know, you got to see him do it maybe once or twice in the first couple of weeks before you'd be confident starting him, I think, but he's not a bad pickup at all. Well, my dad doesn't have too many options, so he's got to start him. Oh, it was, it was your dad. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not the worst option. Um, nah. cool. All right, well, I think that really goes through all the topics we wanted to talk about. Um, hopefully, I can edit this up, and it's not just raw audio, but if it is, it is what it is. Uh, is there anything else you want to say? Uh, again, congrats to myself again, James Conner. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Was that a free agent, Jay. or did you have to pay for him? <laughs> no, I didn't pay anything for him. Nice. And actually, I credit Jay because we were hanging out, and he was like, oh, my God, someone should pick up James Conner. And then I just got him. Yeah. Now he has Samuels and I have Connor. So yeah, kind of kind of fucked himself there. Gotcha. Yeah, I grabbed. I ended up taking Connor in the twelfth round of one of my drafts last night. But I think it's definitely gonna be worth it. I think. I mean, right now it's looking like Le'Veon is gonna hold out until week eleven. So, for I mean, Connor's a definite you know plug and play RB two there. So we'll see how that all shakes out. Feel bad for Jake, but I mean, I guess that's what you get when you choose women over fantasy football. You know. Yeah, I don't feel bad for him. But, uh, you know, it's what he does. Cool. All right. Well, we're at uh, almost 47 minutes now. So uh, I think we've kept a pretty good schedule. Uh, thanks for taking your time out of the day. And hopefully we can get some more uh, people to join in. It was fun. Definitely. Uh, See you next week. Take it easy, man. See you. <laughs>